Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Well, ladies and gentlemen, sports are just around the corner. By the time this podcast is posted, baseball season will be in full swing. Hockey and basketball are soon on the horizon. But lately, a lot of high school sports fans were waiting for the CIF to come out with their scheduling announcements like we kind of wait for the March Madness brackets to come out. And they came out this Monday. And joining me on the podcast this week, once again, is Daily News writer Tarek Fatal to talk about the issues, the good, the bad, how things are going to play out if, in fact, we do have seasons come January. Tarek, thanks for joining me. How are you? Absolutely. Always a pleasure to be on and uh, looking forward to chatting today. When, how busy have you been trying to run down stories and find out what was going on before the announcement? Yeah, to be honest with you, I wasn't so much trying to break the news and trying to get a hold of the calendar before CIF released it. Um, I know that would have been fun to get a hold of, but that necessarily wasn't my where all my attention was being placed. However, uh, since the news broke, I have been flooded, and in a good way, because, you know, basically within the second week of March, you know, the pandemic hit. Sports got canceled, so on, throughout the spring. There hasn't been a whole lot to do during the summer. So it was kind of nice to report on fresh news, talk to coaches. There was this definitely a, a hope that maybe sports would return sometime this fall. I was hoping in my heart that maybe October we would see some things, maybe football, if not football, maybe some golf, maybe some volleyball, maybe some uh, cross country. but. There was some optimism there for that, maybe like in June. And then once July hit and things got worse here in L.A. County and Southern California regarding the pandemic and COVID-19 cases, I think that's when everyone began to believe, yeah, this thing's going to get postponed. And, and that's exactly what happened. But there has been a rise in optimism this week because there's dates to look forward to now. I think a lot of people understand that. There could be a possibility November rolls around and things aren't looking good. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that more today. But as of for right now, dates are set. Coaches can plan. Uh, as we know, football schedules are being filled with gaps and so on. And great matchups are being created. So it's fun to think about those things right now. And that optimism, I think, should carry at least into September. And then once October hits, we'll know where we sit. And then for sure, uh, what gets executed starting in December, a telltale will be Thanksgiving. What, th- what things are looking like in Thanksgiving. And just so in case people don't know, the sports that are going to happen starting in January are cross country, field hockey, football, gymnastics, competitive cheer, boys and girls volleyball, and water polo. Those seasons will complete and then it gets really, really busy for schools. Badminton, baseball, boys and girls basketball, boys and girls soccer, boys and girls golf, boys and girls lacrosse, softball, swimming, diving, tennis, track, and wrestling. 
why do you think they put so many more in that second season? And I think you probably could have put golf and one of the tennises maybe in that first season. But now it's it's just kind of, man, a, 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 I don't know what the correct word is. It's going to be crazy during that time. Yeah, it'll be chaotic. And athletic departments are going to have to look at how they can deal with things logistically, like literally – you know, hey, we have six sports going on today. Can we make sure an administrator is there? What about athletic trainers? Okay, we maybe, oh, the other school's providing an athletic trainer? Okay, we're covered there. I mean, there's so many logistics. But uh, in regards to where they put the sports, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I think I'm going to agree with you. Um, I think what, uh, not to say what you were trying to say this, but I think that there were, they should have, like football and basketball, they should have put that almost like in the back. So they did that for basketball. But see, I think they should have made football to start in March. And let me tell you why. The sports that are at least risk should kind of take the brunt. They always say, Tony, you know, um, the first one through the wall is the bloodiest, right? Like the first guy to kind of break through is always like the guinea pig, so to speak. And I think, unfortunately, what I hope doesn't happen is that come Thanksgiving, we're expected to play football uh, in January. Well, what if things aren't better? They're going to start to have to cut away from the football season. And football is the highest risk sport. So I'm in no way, shape, or form being critical of the CIF uh, by any means. But it would almost make more sense to put those, like the basketballs and the footballs, later in, like later so that more time is given for things to get better. Whereas I think golf, cross country, tennis, a volleyball, right? Those sports could have probably got moved towards the beginning of this new calendar, December, January, February, because even if things aren't night and day different, let's say they're halfway different and better, those sports can still get off the ground. Cause like we've spoken about, those are kind of naturally a physically distant sport that can still compete man god forbid things aren't that much better and december 14th rolls around first day of football practice yeah we can't do it let's postpone till january yeah we can't do it we're gonna cut two weeks of the we're gonna cut week one and week two yeah we can't do it. it's gonna start to there won't be any postponement it will literally be cutting of dates um so i hope that's not the case yeah, I, I do too. But maybe they put football at the beginning just to buy themselves some time, just in case something does happen. You know, numbers of cases go up and then they can just keep pushing back, back, back and then say, all right, well, we're going to play this, you know, during that second you know, season. But when I look at what they have going on, if you're a school and you're a facilities person, talk about a scheduling nightmare for a school that has soccer, track, and lacrosse, If you that's a scheduling nightmare in and of itself because of the demand that's put on, you know, that if you have limited field space. Now if you throw in football, oh boy, we're, you know, we're practicing at the public park or in somebody's backyard or something. Yeah, I, and, and, and not to go back to your original little rebuttal there, but I think Rob Wygod literally touched on the point that if things are not better come – you know, end of this 2020 calendar year, um, 
they 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 won't like put football back. There's that th- that's already been discussed. They will literally when it comes to that point, it won't be postponing. It'll literally be okay. Week one's gone. Okay, week two is gone. They will they will start to cancel weeks. And um, again, I hate to be pessimistic. And whoever's listening, I hope this doesn't happen. I just want to be clear of that. But that's going to be the scary part because Rob Weigod literally said the only thing that matters is if a league uh, competition can stay intact. So they will cancel football weeks up until there can't even be a league schedule played. The second a league schedule can't be played or there's not enough time to do so, they will cancel the football season. They won't say, oh, yeah, we'll fire it back up. Okay, postpone it again. We'll fire it back up in March. They'll begin to cancel. Um, and that's, that, that is so not what we want to happen. So that's why I'm kind of saying, um, I'm wondering if, uh, if there was discussion, and maybe a question I should have asked, obviously, now that I think about it. But, you know, if there was discussion about putting football starting in March to give it even more time, because you need basically, Tony, every, you need everything to be completely fine pretty much to play a sport like football, which is obviously just physicality up, you know, left, right, and center. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And then you look at some of the other sports like, like basketball, you know, right, right in your face. And, and I think there are sports that are naturally socially distant baseball, softball. And, and, and we've talked about that. Um, what do you like about this whole setup though? besides the fact that there's a light at the end of the tunnel for all of us who are just high school sports junkies. Yeah. I think what I do like is, uh, you know, I applaud the CIF for, for putting together this two season uh, calendar. I think we all thought that there was going to be three small seasons between, you know, December, January till June, but they've kind of drawn out two long seasons, which I think is uh, creative. And it gives, if I'm not mistaken, Rob Wygod said every sport has at least 90% of their regular season to play. Um, you know, and I think football is one of those sports that has 100%. You, we can get in 10 games. That's a regular football season. So I like the effort. Obviously, that means that sports are going to overlap and you're going to have kids have to make a choice. I also, of course, very much like the unprecedented rule of letting athletes compete for their club or AAU or travel ball team while competing for their high school team. And that gives the opportunity for the athlete to make up any games, practice. You know, if, a, if an athlete can play a high school tournament, you know, Tuesday through Thursday and then play a club tournament Sunday and Monday or something, you know what I mean? That's, two opportunities that maybe uh, a player can put some nice game film together or a coach, a recruiter can come out and watch them. Just more opportunity uh, that the CIF has provided for an athlete to make the best of it. I I like that a lot. Oh, I like it too. But I just, my hope is that the predominantly club sports like soccer, um, softball is is one of those, the travel ball, baseball as well, and, and basketball, that kids don't say, you know what, I'm going to just forego playing for my high school, and I'm going to go out and chase that scholarship. Um, because we don't know what's going to happen with 
with college sports as well, even if a kid goes and plays a a high school, you know, a say travel ball tournament, a showcase tournament or something, depending on what college sports do, there may not be a lot of college coaches out there to watch you because their seasons may have been postponed as well. Right. And that's very much a possibility. Like, for example, I know for a fact, like a volleyball, um, volleyball, uh, for, as of right now, all the major conferences, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, they're going to play. You know, I'm talking about women's volleyball right now. They're going to play. They're going to compete. You know, they're only going to play each other. Like the Pac-12 conference is only going to play Pac-12 conferences games and so on and so forth. However, you're right. During the fall, when they're competing, so is the high school season. But now the high school season is running from December to April, I believe. So you're going to have um, what, and the club season usually runs from uh, November to July. So what I'm trying to get at is high school volleyball athletes play their fall sports. They, they play from, you know, September to November, August to November. Okay. Then they go and play club volleyball from November to July. And that is when they can be recruited. Well, if the regular high school season is now the same time as the club volleyball season, you're going to have an issue. So you're right, Tony, you may have athletes that pick one over the other. And I think you're more likely to get athletes to pick the club because that circuit is more, more likely to be recruited. Um, so I think a lot of volleyball coaches are prepared to share athletes or they may have to brace to lose athletes. Yeah, and so a lot of those, and I've talked to some college coaches in those predominantly club sports, and they say, you know what, why would I go to one high school game to see one kid when I can go to a huge tournament exactly. and see 100 kids? Exactly. And, and you, you can't blame them. And then if a kid is being recruited, you can't blame the kid for saying, you know what, I want to reduce my risk of injury by not playing, you know, two soccer seasons at once, because now you're talking about high school soccer, games, practices, travel, club soccer, games, practices, travel. Where's the student at? Where's the student part of this come in with that thing called homework? Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be a challenge, and these are things that I'm sure coaches and administrators are talking about. How it'll be navigated, we don't know, but it, it, it'll get done. And like you said, from a logistical standpoint, it's, it's going to be very challenging for parents, players, coaches, officials. It, 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 it's a huge laundry list of boxes that need to be checked off. Well, I know you said officials. There are a lot of guys that I know that do both basketball and soccer, and some do baseball and softball as well. There's already an officials shortage in, you know, the Southern section to, to go out and do games because of, you know, reasons that we can talk another hour on. But you're going to be, maybe, do you think we would see the elimination of some lower level sports? Yeah. For lack of, you know, officials? Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. Uh, I don't know. Could we see it? Yeah, sure. It's just a matter of, you know, the, the boys and girls volleyball season is going on at the same time. So let's say you've got, uh, you're at a big public school like a Valencia, for example, or a West Ranch or a Golden Valley out in the Foothill League. And um, you've got a varsity program, a JV program, and a freshman program for boys and girls. That's six. So, yeah, absolutely, man. It, it could come down to 
being an issue in regards to practice time, but certainly in games, when games take that priority, you're going to have to find a way to like stack games or schools are going to have to be maybe more lenient. Like maybe games have to start at like one o'clock or something to get them all in, you know, and schools are going to have to be um, okay with that. I don't know. So I, it's going to be quite the nightmare, but I know that um, coaches, administrators that have a heart for the young athlete and the high school athlete, they'll find a way. Well, let's throw this out there as well. Transportation. Because now with social distancing and, and we're all trying to practice it, you're certainly not going to put, you know, three soccer teams on a bus to go somewhere. And if you're playing, let's say, an early afternoon game, how do these kids get there you know, when parents are working, when kids don't drive? And if it's during the school day, they're not allowed to drive themselves, which is going to throw a whole other wrench into this thing. Yeah, it's it, it. That's that's going to be the challenge is travel. Um, so, yeah, OK, we can play sports. Here's our calendar. But things might not be so much better. Are you going to exactly like you said, are you going to have kids drive themselves? Well, that seems like a liability. Are you going to throw them all in a van? Is that going to be allowed? Are they going to walk? You know, it's like you could see maybe down the line where. Um, some sports or some, I don't know. I'm just thinking completely hypothetically now, you know, maybe you can only play in your own neighborhood or something, you know, to keep the travel down and, and so on. We don't know how serious this pandemic, um, can get in, in the next couple of months. It's so fluid in regards to up and down, worse, better. So it, gosh, man, it's so many question marks and, and, and really good questions, but we don't have the answers for that. No, I, I don't think we'll have the answers until as, as we move forward. You know, you mentioned L.A. County, one of the 32 or 33 counties where numbers are still going up. You know, how do and we all have to just take note of what the public health officials say, what the experts say. And it's fun to speculate on all this stuff. But until the doctors tell us what we can do, nothing is really set in stone. And we're all kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Right. It, exactly right. I mean. Right now, uh, yeah, L.A. County is one of 32 counties listed on the COVID watch list for the state of California. And due to, according to Governor Gavin Newsom, no campus can have in-classroom learning until a county is off the list for two weeks. Well, I'll tell you right now, L.A. County, I mean, if you looked up the address, it probably resides on that list. You know what I mean? Like. It is such a troublesome county in regard to the COVID cases and the pandemic. Um, I think a lot of administrators and teachers are thinking, shoot, we're going to have to be distant learning until this thing's over because they don't see how Los Angeles can be off that watch list for two weeks. And I think what we're going to start to see is some schools are going to have distant learning and still let their athletes practice. So be prepared for that, which I think is completely backwards thinking. Most schools are thinking, shoot, if we can't even get kids in our classroom, there's no way in heck we're going to let our athletes practice. That's kind of backwards. Well, there are some schools out there that are prepared and willing and ready to, okay, distant learning all day. And then, you know, X amount of players come to the field and we practice. Um, just be prepared. We will see that. 
Well, I know that where, where I am up in the Hart District, the plan is to go distant learning the entire district, junior highs and high schools, for the first five weeks of the semester and then revisit it. But once again, it all boils down to the, the numbers in L.A. County. Did they, did they go down for two weeks or have they gone up? I, my, I just don't see us going back until at the earliest January physically with kids in the classroom. Now we may go back as teachers into the classroom and teach with no kids on camera or something like that, but that's a decision that's way out of my pay grade. Yeah. And I can see that there, there have been, so before Gavin Newsom made this announcement, you could go to like Chaminade's website, Sierra Canyon, I think, you know, I'm talking private schools, obviously, there are these hybrid plans where, okay, kids come to class like one to three times a week, um, varying, and that's it. They come to class for like one day, then everything else is distant learning from home. And uh, in order to learn, yeah, the, the teacher's on the webcam um, and you watch them. There are the, the in-classroom day or what have you like it's only a certain amount of kids in the classroom everyone's got a mask teachers got a mask so there's all kinds of plans conjured up and ready to be executed um none that i've seen are full-fledged yeah everyone just come to school um there, there's some type of you know caution and abbreviation and i'm just talking locally here for the los angeles daily news like in the san fernando valley in northern los angeles area i know that may not be the case down in orange county where it seems like there's a lot of schools and that whole county is ready to have or wanting to have school with no masks and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how scattered everyone does come back to campus if and when that happens. Yeah, Cause Orange County can do, they're their own County. They're not LA County. If they decide to go back kids on campus and LA County isn't, that's a huge advantage for them. Exactly. As far as from an education standpoint, I'd, I'd much rather be in a classroom with kids in front of me teaching instead of, you know, what what we did in the spring, which is not what anybody wants. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't imagine keeping, you know, you're a teacher. It's just keeping kids engaged via like the webcam or on the computer and stuff, man. That's got to be such a challenge. And we're just talking high school right now. Imagine doing that with fifth graders or something. It's just. Um, I think it boggles the mind. Like, what? How can you even? How can someone really truly learn that way? Uh, and and I think, yeah, you could pull it off for like a week or you know maybe a month at the most. So I I'm not saying it can't work at all, but to go a full semester doing it, oh man, no no way. Well, I tell you what, my daughter teaches elementary school. She had second graders last year. And once this pandemic hit, man, she was on that Zoom and these kids were showing up and she was busting her tail teaching these kids. And I, I couldn't imagine doing it with young kids, being at home with young kids. I go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, man. I don't know how elementary school teachers do it. And I don't know how parents of, of school age children are doing it. Yeah, I, I beats me. I don't even I don't have children, so I don't even want to go there. And let's talk scheduling real quick, specifically football. You know, schools like St. John Bosco, modern day, they play a predominantly out-of-state schedule until they get into league. 
Other schools, you know, they'll take that trip to Hawaii. They'll go to Arizona. They'll go to different states to play schools. Have you seen or heard, and I've seen a little bit of it, where schools are now having to rejuggle and remake their schedules trying to find local teams? Exactly right. So you nailed it on the head. There's so many programs that go out of state to find big-time talent, uh, to, uh, excuse me, big-time competition, or they host out-of-state programs. And those games have pretty much been canceled. I mean, they have been canceled. There's just travel ain't going to happen. So uh, we recently had Alamany was going to play uh, Liberty in Henderson, Nevada. And St. John Bosco was going to host a, a team from in, uh, Illinois. And uh, that was a week two game for both teams. So they thought, hey, let's play each other. So, you know, it's unfortunate. And some of these um, kind of interstate football games, we're going to be televised. Um, so that was a shame. I think a lot of like Casey Clawson and Alamany is thinking, shoot, you know, um, that's a televised game. We're not going to get now. And, you know, Sierra Canyon had, um, was going to play a team from Arizona. That was going to be a televised game, I believe too. So those games got lost. The exposure got lost, but for a team like Alamany and St. John Bosco, they're going to play each other now in week two. That just got solidified like a couple days ago. So, you know, um, they don't get that national, they don't get that out-of-state game, but they get a heck of a local Southern California game, and it still could very well be a TV game because Alamany and St. John Bosco are very two good programs. So that's what's kind of been fun. In fact, a lot of social media has played a part in getting programs and teams games filled because um, if it's too far, that game's been canceled. So now teams are scrambling to fill the void and myself, Fred Robledo in Sangria Valley Tribune, you know, Eric Sondheimer from the LA Times, and various sports writers have tweeted out which schools need which games on which week. So it's actually been kind of fun from my standpoint, like, hey, you know, Mission Viejo is looking for a week seven game. Oh, Tim Kirksey over at Westlake just said they're looking for a week seven game. Westlake and uh, Mission Viejo sounds like a pretty good game, you know, and, and lo and behold, today they confirmed it. Another one we've been waiting for is Jay Sarah, big time Trinity League. Oh, Dean Harrington over at Paraclete, they, they need a game, you know. So there's these fun kind of aspects to it. Like, hey, we would, we almost as reporters get to kind of um, pick and prod at the possibility of matchups we would like to see. And if they line up, I think we're getting them. So that, that's really fun. And yeah, I think uh, the football schedules are filling out nicely and not just filling out, but filling out with really good matchups. The last one that's worth noting is um, Westlake again is going to play Bishop Amat, defending Mission League champions in week two. So Westlake, their schedule's a joke, like amazing. Tim Kirksey's out of his mind, but it's a good thing. So his two games that he filled, like, are you kidding me? This guy go gets this guy goes and gets Bishop Amat. And Mission Viejo, are, are like, this guy just didn't go and get, like, cupcake games. Oh, yeah, you're available. Okay, I'll play you. He went out and tried to get really good games for his teams, and he got them. Uh, and that is – that should be applauded. I saw Westlake's schedule. That is a murderer's row. <laughs> uh, man, if they can survive that, man, they should just get the playoffs just because of who they played. Uh, another one is Sierra Canyon Mission yeah. Viejo which will be a dynamite yes. game, which will be played up here. Um, you know, I think Westlake also plays Valencia. Then they have their league, 
which is Grace Brethren, Oaks, Calabasas. I, I mean, are, and I believe I saw Long Beach Poly on there. Yep. Are you kidding me with that? And for us that, that are in the business and you writing and me broadcasting, we look at these games and think, wow, that's going to be a good game. And we only hope and pray that we get a hold of this virus and, and people follow the rules and we get to see these games being played because nobody wants high school sports to be canceled for a full year. Oh, agreed. You know, and, and that's something I definitely don't want as a high school sports writer. I kind of need high school sports to be ongoing to, uh, to uh, pay the bills. And, and that, that's what I'm hoping for. And I, I think it'll happen. It's just going to be a long, a long wait now. And, and that's okay. That's okay. As long as it happens and agreed, you know, Westlake, Long Beach, Poly, Rancho Cucamonga, uh, they just like the list goes on of great teams that they play. And last year I went on record myself and kind of, you know, I, I, I sometimes I tweet things that are probably a little subjective, even though I'm not supposed to, cause I'm supposed to be objective as a journalist. But I think, I, I think Westlake at one time was like one in seven or like two and eight or, or no, no, like that's 10 games. I, I forgot what they really bad. They were like one in six or one in seven with a couple weeks to go. And I called them the best one win team in the state because if you went and looked at the games that they played it was like talk about sharpening your knives holy guacamole you know these guys weren't losing to bad teams these guys were losing close games to like championship level teams and they were doing it week in and week out and uh with a relatively young team and uh, Tim Kirksey, man, doesn't back down from any dogfight. And I, I appreciate that. And that's stuff that's worth noting because we do have some programs in the area that uh, do not schedule strongly when they should. You know, hey, you're this kind of program? Man, you got to go out and get better non-league games than that, man. Come on. And every, every year they, they bow out of the first round because they are not tested. And so Tim Kirksey always tests his Westlake High School team. Yeah, I spoke to him last year. We did one of their games on Prep Zone, and he said, yeah, Tony, we are, we're one in whatever right now, but I've got a young group that is going to be very, very good. And I, like we said, man, we're just, we're just hoping that this all comes to fruition. And last thing before I let you go, with everything being played, a lot of things being played in that second season, and you being a sports writer, how difficult is it going to be to coordinate getting people out to cover enough games to get these kids, you know, the the, the newspaper exposure that that we all, you know, like to see our kids' name in the paper, a picture in the paper. How difficult is that going to be for you guys at the Daily News? Yeah, that's a good, great question. And you know what? I think we're equipped to handle it. I think uh, a, the job for me, yes, is to get stuff covered. But, um, you know, long gone are the days when, you know, a lot of people don't know this. And the people that are hearing, I do want to tell them, you know, I cover about 130 schools in my area, boys and girls sports. And people ask me, what? How do you do that? And I answer them, I don't. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't. It is impossible but what I do do is try and get as many athletes that are deserving of coverage, that coverage and the, what the readers are interested in. Um, that's what I cover. And um, sometimes yes, smaller sports, 
Um, maybe not every athlete, you know, these things fall through the cracks, of, of course. And I admit that all the time when I get, you know, I get, I get bad emails and, and complaining emails all the time. And that's part of the job. You know, I, I signed up for that and that's okay. Um, but the challenge will be picking which games or which events are worth the coverage. And that sounds really like, I, I don't know what the word is, but that sounds very just, oh yeah, you, you know, your event isn't worth covering. That, that's not what I mean. But we're in a day and age, and I think you'd agree, Tony, you're a broadcaster. You don't go out and, you know, Prep Zone doesn't broadcast every high school football game out there every, every, every Friday night. You know, I don't know what it is, maybe a handful or so. And that's because those programs and those games and those events, they've earned the coverage. And again, I don't mean that to sound that other teams haven't earned it, but when it comes to game coverage, there's one of me, maybe a handful of freelancers, and on a Friday night, um, now there won't just be football, there'll be other sports. And then, like you said, when basketball comes around, basketball pretty much runs at the same exact time, Tony, as track and field. Basketball starts March 12th, and track and field starts March 19th. And then baseball starts uh, in April, April 19th, I believe. So there's only going to be a month that basketball is being played and baseball isn't, and then they're going to be at the same time. So oh, it is going to be quite the challenge, but I'm up for it, and I am 100% game for it. If you told me, hey, Tart, you either um, get no high school sports at all this whole school year, or you get absolutely driven into the ground uh, December through June, I would take the ladder left, right, and center all day long. I'm, I'm totally ready for it, and uh, that's my job, and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do it. I, I think we all are, and I've, I've got a couple other things sure. to ask you. I'm sorry that that wasn't really the last one. <laughs> it's okay. We will not see a lot of multi-sport kids. We will not see a lot of kids going from one sport to the next, maybe from football to something else. But, you know, a lot of these kids, they play multiple sports. And it's going to be very difficult for them to do that with this schedule the way it is. And hopefully it's only for one year. Yeah, I I think that's what we're going to. So, okay. So from what I understand, if a player wants to and the coach is, is willing, you might see a basketball player play games, go to practice. And then I'm thinking about basketball and track and field right now, and then go do the high jump or something. I mean, it's, it's very possible that to that athletes, if they're up for it and it's safe, you could see athletes playing two sports at one time, which is wild to me, but you know what, you know, back when I was in high school or growing up and, um, I played a lot of my two main sports were soccer and basketball. That's all I played growing up um, at a r- relatively high level. And there would be some weekends where I'd had a basketball tournament and a soccer tournament go on at the same time. And uh, my mom was up for it. And I thought those were the best weekends, man. Just, you know, every kid wants to play. Every kid wants to compete. And there is something extra that you dig down and grab when you know you can do two sports at once and it's fun. Yeah. You know, you'll pay for it down the line, but in regards to fatigue and now you got to keep carry your body a little better, but man, I'd be willing to bet those kids, especially if they're seniors, they will raise their hand to do it um, every day of the week. So 
we got to keep, sometimes you got to, um, I think administrators and coaches kind of have to protect athletes from themselves sometimes. I, I know you understand that, Tony, but I think a lot of coaches are going to let these athletes, hey, man, all right, you play, you play this game Tuesday night. Okay, track meet Wednesday afternoon. Okay, you skip out of practice earlier. Don't come to basketball practice. Go to your track meet, compete, and we'll get you back, uh, you know, on a Thursday or a Friday. I, I really think you're going to see a lot of that. Or if you've got a basketball game at your school and a track meet at your school going on at the same time, the kid can go out and high jump or run the hundred at halftime of the basketball game, <laughs> and then just that would be quite the story, my friend. Coach, I'll be gone for four minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'll be right. Back. Yeah, we got a kid running the hundred. Coach, I'll be back in. Let me see. I'll get out there, run it. Coach, I'll be back in about ninety seconds. <laughs> yeah, here, here we go. Hey, last thing. And this is the last thing. We see in football a lot of kids graduate early and enroll early. And some have already announced that they're going to do that. Victory Vaca from Westlake is the first one that comes to mind for me. But if we don't have college football in the fall and they push that back, do you think these kids will then not graduate early and then they play their high school season? Great question. Um, and I kind of went, uh, not in a disrespe disrespectful manner, but I think you even see on Twitter every so often, I, I, uh, I stuck to the goat, Eric Sondheimer, and I, I, I give my two cents. And uh, I hope he understands that I'm just, um, you know, I'm passionate in my opinions, and I don't really generally have one unless I know I can defend it or back it up and so on and so forth. And he said something to that effect yesterday. He said something like, Hey, you know, I don't see what the rush is for seniors to leave high school early. Um, you know, what's the rush to be, to grow up, uh, and pay bills unless you want to get a job. And then he, at the end, he says, good luck. And I just thought that was so out of touch and so wrong for a guy that's been covering high school athletics in all kinds of different, I mean, all levels really since, you know, the seventies or whatever, you would think he'd be the first one to understand, man, these kids are driven for a goal the second they step foot on a high school campus. I want to be a college athlete. I want to be a scholarship athlete. Signing day comes, they put pen to paper, and it becomes a reality. And you're telling me that when that kid does that, he doesn't want every advantage possible to then not just – see, because once you sign – that scholarship or that letter of intent, excuse me, that's not where the dream ends. It just starts there. So for a kid to work so hard, accomplish that, and then he's not just going to ho-hum it the second he gets on the college campus. If you told him he could be on a college campus a semester early and that would get him more playing time or he could fight for a starting spot, oh my gosh, that kid would do it in a heartbeat. So I don't know. Um, if the college football season does get postponed, I don't think it'll matter. I think those high-level college kids that can graduate high school early, they're going to go, man. And it's a lot more than just football, Tony. And I know you'll understand this. And um, it's like there's a social aspect. We meet friends for life in college. There's an aspect of, dare I say, fun. Yes, college is supposed to be fun. You've been there, done that with high school, man. I get it. Get me out of here, coach. Get me out of here. Mom and dad, see you later. I'm going to college. I'm going to college to get ahead in the classroom. I'm going to college because I want to have some fun. I want to find some independence. Someone commented on it. You know, young people want to grow up too fast. 
in what in what world is getting to college a semester early growing up too fast especially when you're talking about athletics it's just so bad like what how is that a take so man i think that um a lot of athletes regardless of when their high school football season or excuse me when the football season is they're gonna go i'm not saying there's athletes that'll that won't stay of course there will be of course you're gonna get athletes that stick around and play their senior high school season however I think there is a um, level of high school athlete that has the opportunity to leave early, get to college, because it's all they've been working for. And if you can do it early, you're going to do it. I'll give you one quick analogy. You're super jacked up. The Cirque du Soleil's in town. You're super jacked up. World premiere of a movie. Are you going to wait in the long line like everyone else? Or are you going to pay a little extra or are you going to try to get into that Cirque du Soleil or that movie quicker than everyone else? Don't answer. It's rhetorical. We all know you're going to try and get in there as quick as possible and try and get an advantage. Same exact thing for, for college football and those high school recruits. Well, not me. I'm going to wait until the darn thing comes out on Netflix and watch it for free. <laughs> I knew you were going to come back and get me on that. I knew it. No, I agree with you 100%. And, and, and like we said throughout this whole podcast, it's going to be interesting. We at least have a light at the end of the tunnel. And there's optimism, you know, in the wind for everybody. And Tarek, I want to thank you again for coming on and, and taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule to chat with me about something that we've that we all have near and dear to our heart, and that's high school sports. Oh, pleasure being on. You know I'll come on anytime. Looking forward to the next time. Thank you, Tony, and hang in there. Well, we'll see you on the football season, hopefully come January. Perfect, Tark. Thank you so much. I would like to thank Tark Fatal from the LA Daily News for taking the time to join me on this week's podcast. Uh, for everybody out there, stay safe, keep your social distance, wear your masks, we all want to see high school football, high school baseball, high school basketball, all high school sports. These kids deserve an opportunity to play. So follow the rules. If you're in L.A. County, let's try and get those numbers down. And for everybody else out there, uh, let's just keep everybody in our thoughts and our prayers. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.